This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. No matter what is to come in your life, work to continue expanding on all the ways of being and living these ideas. Not perfectly, of course, but joyfully and compassionately. Work to honor your own divinity and know that it is always there guiding you. Discern between your ego and love. Meet your own expectations of yourself with unconditional love. Over time, with this love, your expectations will fall away and compassion will reign. Make a vow to yourself that you will always be there for yourself unconditionally and compassionately. You are no different than any human being who also wants love, comfort, and acceptance. We all matter, whatever size, color, beliefs, level of fear, gender, sexual orientation, and or mistakes. Either we are equal or we are not. Stop creating an other category and always vow on the side of love and keep trying to let go of your judgment, fear, and pain to show yourself compassion. Live in the continual process of letting it be and you will always flow with acceptance. Valeria Tellez interviews Lisa Templeton, the author of Letting It Be, Mindful Lessons Toward Acceptance. Lisa Templeton, PhD, is a clinical psychologist, author, musician, speaker, and founder of the Interpersonal Healing Center in Boulder, Colorado. In 2018, she published her book, Letting It Be, Mindful Lessons Toward Acceptance, a guide to promote self-knowledge and acceptance of life's difficulties with an emphasis on compassion, self-care, and love. Dr. Lisa enjoys teaching on acceptance, the intricacies of relationships, and mindful awareness. Her mission is to help us all be more in tune and compassionate with ourselves and each other. As a musician and singer-songwriter poet, she speaks her truth with uplifting words and encourages others to do the same. Her next book, Relationships and Rhythm, soon to be published, encourages us to stay mindful of what is beneath our general awareness and notice the nuances of energy that occur between us. Meet Lisa at drlisatempleton.com and interpersonalhealing.com. Here's the interview with Lisa Templeton. In your own words, who is Lisa Templeton? Oh, great question to start. A, a person constantly in in flow and transformation. Uh, I am uh, by my career a psycholo- clinical psychologist and author. 
I've been a poet uh, most of my life, writing poems at a young age. And later in my 20s, picked up a guitar and became a singer-songwriter. Uh, so the poems became songs. And, um, you know, later on, you know, some of the writings expanded out into a book. And, um, you know, I do, I, I'm in constant, uh, you know, shifting and um, working with uh, the, the beautiful energy of women around the world and the earth to just do the best that we can in opening up our hearts and um, hopefully uh, helping people understand the power they have within their own minds. That's really my big mission in my life. You know, when I think about who is Lisa Templeton and what my purpose is, um, it's really to open up people's minds and to help empower people. And so they know that their minds are their own and that they have power and control over it. Would you call that the purpose of your life or this is a mission? Um, it's a mission purpose. It's, you know, and I'm sure it'll expand. There's I have all kinds of different uh, passions and things that, um, you know, just working with different elements and learning more about uh, not just, you know, your basic elements, fire, water, earth, air, but, you know, calcium, phosphate, these elements that just make up our entire existence. And um, oh, I find that so fascinating. Um, so I, I'm sure that will expand. But right now, um, in, in my work and in my community with um, have uh, founded and um, owned a center for uh, mental health healing, the Interpersonal Healing Center for many years. And um, that will continue and just just helping people really regain sovereignty of their mind and understanding how related mental health is to all of that. You mentioned earlier something that caught my attention about power, control power. How do you define true power these days, Lisa? Well, I think true power lies within ourselves and within our connection to each other. Uh, so, you know, but there's so much external stimuli going on that it's so easy to look outside of ourselves and look for power that way. Or, you know, we, we try to gain power over each other in these kinds of ways. And, uh, you know, the true power is, is really within our own being, you know, it's like this idea of control as well. You know, it's like, um, what is control or what can we really control? I, Basically, we can control our thoughts, how we think, what we're feeling, and our choices, our behaviors. So, you know, understanding that is our sovereignty, and then, you know, moving to, okay, how am I relating? How am I connected? You know, this whole idea that we're just individuals working on our own um, is really stressing people out. <laughs> And, um, and it's not real. Um, we're not, we're not doing this alone. We're never alone. We're always, there's always other people that are with us in spirit or energy and working with us to help, um, you know, help us all. I mean, there are some that do try to take the energy and steal the power. It's, it's an illusion. 
um, within us and what we are thinking, how we are feeling. And of course, there are many of us that are very focused and and paying close attention to that. And there are many that are very externally focused. And I think that true power means moving within, having the courage and bravery to look within and to, you know, take back our minds. And when you say control, too, it's almost taking control of thoughts and feelings. For some reason, I don't use the word control. Mm -mm. I think it has been probably connected with force and manipulation. Yes. Maybe that's why I kind of reframe. Negative connotation. I use the words becoming aware of thoughts and emotions and then being open to them. So we can relax, almost like rest and trust that that's okay to let these feelings to flow within us and then trust that we will choose the beneficial ones, the ones that will benefit ourselves and others. I do kind of follow more that flow, this idea, this concept, than trying to control the mind. But I think we're speaking about the same thing, right, Lisa, when it comes mm-hmm. to what you do. I mean, I love your book and I love everything you, Thank you. mentioned there, letting it be. So that kind of has a lot to do with that. Absolutely. And and really, it's about, you know, not necessarily, I mean, because I understand what you mean by control and the negative connotation there. It's really about intentionality, being intentional about, okay, what is the thought I just had that made me feel sad? Okay, is that thought even real? Like, what is the truth of it? I mean, I think it's like getting clear, a clarity of of the truth of our, in our minds. And, and, you know, we throw that around, you know, like, Oh, all this information everywhere, what's true, what's not. And, and we internally know our own truth. And so if I'm listening to the thoughts and geez, there's so many neurons firing and so many thoughts. I mean, I think some researchers have said some anywhere between like 4,000 and 70,000 thoughts a day. I mean, I don't know who's counting. (laughs) (laughs) Right. A lot of thoughts and and, and a a lot to work with, a lot to practice with. What what are these thoughts? They're energy. Um, They're not exactly who I am if I have a thought. And I think you know, in our society, a lot of people believe they have a thought and they're, oh, oh no, I'm a horrible person because I had that thought. And it's like, no, it's not. A, it's the thought that is not useful and you can change that. That's the beauty. That's the sovereignty. Or, or We don't have to claim, right, Lisa, every thought as our own. Although I do, I have a different idea when it uh, comes to that. <laughs> that I really don't think we are thinking our thoughts. I think thoughts are thinking us in a way. It's kind of the other way around. Yeah, I would say both. Oh, both, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I can be intentional. I can have, I can create a thought right now, you know, Um, what a beautiful day, you know, or whatever. I can be saying that in my head. And and then, you know, how does that make me feel? It's, you know, potentially lifting um, versus thoughts working on our brain, like energy, of course, and then I can set a boundary or a, you know, a little bit of a, um, a container and to understand what I want to come in and what I don't want to come in. That must be a, a wonderful practice of self-awareness 
to kind of uh, be so attentive to thoughts when they, before even they arise, that we kind of know what they, they are about and then we choose not to. That sounds very interesting to me. That's one of the questions that I often ask. Like, what made me choose this thought? I would go on and on and on asking, like, where did that come from? Because I don't remember the root of that thought. <laughs> so it might be from experiences too, right, Lisa? Like traumas oh, yeah. or beautiful experiences we have. Absolutely. And, and, and thoughts are very repetitive, way more repetitive than we give them credit. <laughs> we say a lot of the same thoughts in our minds every day. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, planning and, and, and working and, and doing our thing and, and such. And, and then sometimes, uh, you know, when we have a quiet time, you know, if we can create a little bit of a quiet place for ourselves to just listen, then, you know, we may notice uh, like things that, hmm, that, you know, I don't know what, what, what helps me notice the most with thoughts, you know, cause I think about it like kind of like a mind garden. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, a, you know, there's certain things I want to grow, certain energies, certain blossoms and things. And then there are certain things that are really squeezing out the, the blossoms and, and taking draining from the things I want to grow. Um, and so, you know, I often use my emotions to tell me whether a thought is useful to me or not. Or, you know, I mean, it's like, wait a second, is it, or whether it's true. I think, you know, is there truth here? And does this feel, how does this feel in my body? Because, you know, obviously, we, we each of us have our own vibration. Every single individual human being has their own vibration. So fascinating to me. And within that vibration, there's certain things that are going to resonate and there's certain things that are not going to resonate. Um, and when we have a little bit more of a handle on what resonates with us, and it's okay, my truth doesn't have to be someone else's truth because that doesn't resonate for them. Um, then, then I can kind of whittle out some of the weeds and, and get the thing, you know, because I can kind of, um, use my emotions and the, the experience I have in my body to tell me what is working so that I can vibrate at my highest frequency. It's fascinating how everything you say, I mean, the way you say it, even it sounds very spiritual to me. Oh, very. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like the words, the work of a spiritual teacher. What is your spiritual understanding in the sense of belief systems, Lisa? Hmm. Well, you know, I have studied a lot of different beliefs over the years. And, you know, I've talked to just hundreds, thousands. I'm not even sure how many um, people and hours I've spent talking to people. <laughs> right, right. I've learned so much from them. Um, and I've also, you know, grown curious about different religions and um, spiritual practices and, you know, in really on my own pastime, you know, throughout working on my PhD, I did a lot of study of, you know, religions and just under trying to understand where people are coming from with that. I, I believe there are many paths to God. And um, I have taken, you know, lots of different ones. Chris, you know, I've walked the Christianity path for, for a time and, and, you know, and then, you know, walked different ways of shamanism and just learning and practicing different things and what resonates and some things didn't resonate. Some things did. 
Um, and then just coming to this kind of relationship. You know, I, I've kind of taken a step back from any institutional, you know, kinds of things. I honor, you know, there's so many beautiful aspects in, um, and rituals within religion that I find very beautiful and, you know, would love to partake and respect the, the old school. You know, it's very um, ancient in terms of um, some of the rituals. At the same time, yeah, it's like I am I'm one to you know, create my own recipe, so to speak. Mm, I love that. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so, you that. know, I kind of take a little bit here and a little bit there, like whatever feels good. And I have my sacred items and gemstones and, you know, just energy kinds of things while I also, you know, just work on just sitting in, in prayer. I, you know, I love God, goddesses, you know, my, my ancestors thinking about from a Native American perspective, um, and also Buddhist, you know, I studied a lot of Buddhism, you know, there's a, it's, it's a, all the Eastern philosophies are just so intriguing to me. Um, so I, it's, it's just a constant curiosity and I will continue to learn, um, different, different practices and play, I, you know, it, this is really, I think, really, I think that, you know, when it comes to God or these, you know, higher essences of energy, it's really just playing with them and relating and connecting and in whatever way feels good to you. Um, and gosh, there's so, so, so much support there. I, I could never do this work without all the support, um, you know, from God and angels, you know, call them whatever you want. It's a, it's a game of semantics as well when, when we're talking about all this. And and I just want to, I, I always want to honor where anyone is if they're looking uh, beyond themselves to connect. Um, I just find that a very beautiful thing. I love the idea of my, what you just said about my own recipe of <laughs> for spirituality. <laughs> that sounds really creative in a very deep way. And relationships, that's so true, Lisa. I think about Relationships with everything, anything that happens that's present now, what's my relationship with it? I just love that. It's such a powerful way of uh, interpreting life. Yeah, and being connected and never being alone. I mean, there are moments that we all go through where we, you know, feel alone, but just that remembering, it's, it's always comes back to remembering with that in mind, uh, all this work of awareness, remembering, being curious, having this beautiful mm -hmm. relationship with life, uh, talk to me about what mindfulness meditation is and some of the misconceptions we have about mindfulness and also meditation coming from a separate kind of practice idea. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. I, I see mindfulness and meditation as almost two different things. Now, I, you know, I, for a long time, I was like, oh, mindfulness, meditation, mindfulness. They, they seem very different in the sense that, you know, and I always use mindfulness um, from John Kabat-Zinn. Um, he coined the term originally. And his definition is what I like to to quote and and you'd utilize in, in the way I think about it, which is um, being present in the moment. So on purpose, um, you know, like, so we're intentional about it and without judgment. 
Yes. And I mean, yeah. and judgment, it's funny because I've been doing a lot more uh, writing and um, talking and just uh, gathering more information about judgment and, and how it plays out. There's just so many different patterns that are playing out in our societies around that. And not just, you know, on a large scale, I mean, of course, on a large scale, but even on a very micro scale of, you know, from judgment to, you know, within the family or judgment of ourselves. Um, and, And so when I come back to mindfulness, it's how, how do I, you know, notice what's going on inside in the present moment intentionally without any judgment about whatever I notice. And, you know, and I think it's funny because of course we all make judgments all the time. Judgments are here positive and negative and, Oh, you know, I like your book or this or that. Right. Um, it's, I find the energy of the, of the, it's really the energy that of the judgment that is, you know, this, this kind of blame or, or shame, um, that, that goes along with like, you know, not, you're not enough, you're wrong, you're, you know, it's not enough or too much or whatever it is. Um, and then to be able to kind of step back and say, wait a second, what is this energy? Like if we could think about it in terms of, you know, how the energy feels. And, and again, I'm not, um, it's not like I'm an energy worker or anything like that. I, I, you know, it's funny because I live in, um, you know, the Denver metro area and Boulder is pretty close to, to me. And it's been this whole like Boulder woo woo, you know, like, Oh, energy, this or energy. And it's like, okay, you know, physics has been talking about this for a long time. There, there's a lot of, you know, I mean, even Einstein energy is never created nor destroyed energy is here. It's always here. You know, we just haven't really tapped in scientifically to totally be able to understand how it works. Um, But I know for me, I can feel it. I can, that's my gift. I can feel energy and on a very, I don't know, higher level seemingly than others. Um, and so, you know, but I don't know if that's a, something because I've just focused there and I've become better at noticing it, um, or if that is a true gift that others, you know, I think I do believe that others have that gift and that it can be honed. And when you speak of energy, I think about emotions. Are they (laughs) one and the same from your perspective? Well, I don't, not exactly. Uh, You know, I mean, I have emotions, um, you know, the, the, the general seven, you know, emotions or whatever that, that are worldly, you know, like I think of sadness, anger, disgust, you know, shame, happiness, or content is what, how they, how they would say it. Ah, there's a couple more in there, you know, but like when I think of energy of judgment or conflict or tension or, you know, like these kinds of times or when I feel blame, like, I mean, of course that makes me sad, you know, but it's still kind of an energy of um, not taking accountability, you know, that, that is projected, you know, in some way. Um, and, and, you know, lots of different energy getting thrown around from individuals and from, you know, certain individuals that are, you know, very you know, like world leaders and such. I mean, there's a, there's an intensity to it that I, I believe is more intense than it as a, has ever been before 
which, I mean, mm. it's hard not to notice it. Right, <laughs> true. Especially in yes. social media and, and some of those areas. And and what I'm encouraging people to do is to notice it, just, just notice it without judgment. So back to the mindfulness, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's like, oh, I noticed there's something here. I mean, if I'm on social media, just scrolling around, scroll, 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 a lot of times I've recognized that I just feel kind of numb. Um, I, I'm not entirely engaged and, you know, partly why maybe people go on social media for, for a moment is just to kind of disconnect. And that's not the point of social media. The whole point was for us to connect, not to disconnect. Oh, goodness. So, so you know, in terms of having more mindfulness, um, I always encourage like mindful scrolling. What does this post bring up in you? What kind of energy? What are the emotions? What are you thinking? Um, and the more that I do that, the less I have wanted to be on social media. <laughs> I can't <laughs> imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, oh, okay. So there's a lot of thoughts uh, you know, energy thoughts, emotional thoughts, all of that energy is getting tossed around in there. Um, and I it very I'm very concerned about the impact it's having on our on our society as as individuals and and how it's impacting mental health and in very unconscious ways. It resonates true to me that we can navigate this reality and be always aware of the way we feel about energetically, as you say, about what is being presented. Not mm -hmm. that we need to react or respond to them, but it's very important to know what resonates and what doesn't, what serves <laughs> us and what doesn't serve us. Yeah. And just know, and just getting a sign. I mean, it's very difficult to identify, like naming it. I, and I think sometimes, you know, it's funny because I just had a patient ask me, like, do we have to actually identify an emotion for it to heal? And I'm like, you know, that's a great question. And, you know, the, the answer, you know, is not necessarily, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's helpful to our, you know, to our curious minds. At the same time, it's like, as long as I can, I like know what it is, like, maybe I don't have a name for it, but it's like, oh, there it is again. There's that thing. And, you know, it's like, ooh, that doesn't feel good. Okay, you know, what are the thoughts? What are my actions? How can I work with that? And so, you know, I mean, mindfulness is something, you know, just kind of back to your question, mindfulness is something it's just throughout the day. I, you know, I've worked with people that meditate, you know, they're like, oh, they're just stringent, very strict, you know, every every morning for one half hour and or one hour, I don't know, like long periods of time of just sitting and then getting up and then just going into like this whole rigmarole of the day and like not really integrating the experience and which I, yeah, I, I can see, um, you know, like where it's like, okay, you check off the box, you know, kind of thing. Okay. Meditated, check, worked out of the gym, check. Um, and you know, my mind's worked out, my body's body worked out. Okay. Now into the day. And then, you know, like not really thinking about what we're thinking about. So, you know, but I do think that meditation in itself, just the practice um, of, you know, even just for a few minutes, uh, it, I, I found that I, I don't need long, long sits, um, you know, and sometimes I'll do a couple of retreats a year or something um, for a long sit, but really just a couple of minutes of centering and grounding oneself and listening. 
can be so beneficial in then bringing that whole experience out into, so it's a being, doing kind of dance. This moment to moment practice of awareness of almost like a meditative, active practice. It's something that's mm-hmm can happen anywhere. I mean, we can do it anywhere at any time. I love that, Lisa. I mean, your book, I love your book. The title is Letting It Be, Mindful Lessons Toward Acceptance. So talk to me for a moment about the main intention and purpose of writing this book. Well, the main intention, you know, originally, the original intention was was to write you know, I had done a, you know, sometimes I'll do these online things for my, um, interpersonal healing community. And, um, I was like, gosh, you know, I struggled back in, um, 2010, 2008 with infertility and, um, could not, um, could not get pregnant. We did all kinds of IVFs and it was just, it was, it was very sad. Um, because nothing was working and it just wasn't happening. And I had to come to some sort of acceptance around it. I had to work on it. And so, you know, and of course, this is what I love about my job is that, you know, I'm learning and I'm teaching and I'm teaching and I'm learning and, and I'm like, oh my goodness. And, um, you know, like this is so helpful to me. Uh, you know, and so what I'm going to do is, you know, there's a lot of other people that are having trouble with acceptance. I'm going to write something about acceptance and try to help others and really help myself. Um, so I really wrote the book for me um, to try to help me work through the difficult obstacles that were going on in my life and just aid me in connecting with what's greater and to know, you know, I mean, I am, I'm one, I'm a person that if I put my mind to something, it happens. <laughs> um, so it was like, why is life not happening? I'm putting my intention, you know, I had the whole baby, you know, I, you know, it's like, I would meet up with her, you know, in, in my dreams and, oh, geez, it was so it was a difficult time. And then I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to write this for me and then we'll see if it helps others. And it helped me tremendously. And then I was like, well, I got to get this out to everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) I love your honesty. I I read that in your book, the introduction, and it's, um, yeah, it kind of touched me because it's so beautiful the way you say that. And it is true. By helping ourselves, we help others. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I believe that. Mm-hmm. Simply by changing your perspective, you can change your life. Since you only have a short time on this earth, you don't want to miss all life has to offer. Our moment-to-moment experience here on earth will not be given to us. We must take it. In taking it, we are living it. In living it, we are free. That mm. caught my attention because I never thought about the word take. That's another word that most of us, I mean, I do, I refrain to, to even say it, but the way you say it here, it makes so much sense. And it's in the sense of accepting, being open to life, isn't it, Lisa? Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's how it came across energetically. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad it, I'm, gl- I'm glad it came through in that way, you know, because it's that whole like take, you know, like, oh, like control or, you know, like the negative connotation that, a lot, that goes along with it. Um, except for this is just between 
it's like me and me and you and you um and being able to like take back we are inundated with so much information and we are so distracted and so thrown off and deflected from you know any kind of well connections and and different ways that like i said the social media has you know we're very focused on it and connecting with others but it is has a deep a disconnecting vibe and so in this moment to moment experience every moment we have an opportunity um to take this moment and and be here like not just in my head either you know because a lot of people live chin up or neck up um they don't really experience life in their bodies um and so and of course that's where emotions and energy live uh which is why i be- i believe that you know many people can listen and notice energies they're just not connected to their body in order to register those the sensations so powerful that it might be that the mind, yeah, it's uh, afraid of it. I'm almost afraid of the power of how simple the truth is. Oh, I think that's very true. And, you know, I mean, the power that we really do have, you know, if we take back our sovereignty of our mind and we set our intentions and manifest things, and I mean, it actually is quite great. And I can, there are many people who fear that. It, it makes sense. Even myself is like, whoa, you know, I mean, I got to, I've always said, keep my ego in check. Um, but then I've al- also had a friend who's been saying, um, no, 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 you need to live in harmony with your ego. This is not keeping it in check. There, That's the energy that we're working on moving away from. And it's like, keep you in check. You want, oh, stay over there, Mr. Abraham. You know, like, no, wait, um, how about we work in harmony because my ego has a lot to offer. It, it's not just this like negative, horrible part of myself that I want to hide away. And then we ended up living in our minds, right? Like from mm. the neck up, just thinking that everything above is where we are supposed to be. But what about the body? What about the earth and everything that's happening within the body? which is a very true life. Like to really, we're in this container. We are here, like, like explore the container a little bit here. And, uh, yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, I know for me, like being in a, uh, being like a spiritual being in a physical body, I feel contained sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, ah, yeah, I just want to get out of here. But then I'm like, no, I don't. No, this body is pretty cool. <laughs> what an amazing experience, right, Lisa, to be in this limited body, but with this awareness that we are so much more, that we are free, essentially, that we are mm-hmm. already free and expansive and spacious. But it's such a beautiful dance that keeps me um, kind of very humble in a way when it comes to the to the ego in a sense of mental constructs, ideas. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it keeps me very humble. I love the uh, the letting it be serious on your website. You oh, yeah, the blog. thank you. Mm. And the energy of love, uh, that's my favorite one, of course. You say, when I am being the energy of love, I am connected, expanded, and living in more oneness. That caught my attention. I mean, anything that has to do with love and the energies of love attracts me immediately because it seems to me it's because it is the truth, isn't it? It's another truth yeah. that it's always here. It's never hidden. Always, always here. Yes. 
that everything if is we're connected. open to it and um, you know and, and can be a little vulnerable. And that goes back to your work as a psychologist in trauma. That's mm-hmm. what it gets in the way a lot of times has been my my experience for so long being closed to the heart was closed to connect with others and my own self because I couldn't see the way out of those traumatic experiences. Yeah. And the shame that goes along with that's the hardest, I I think, emotion to work with around trauma is the shame around it. Um, There's so many passages in your book. Part one is letting the difficult be. I love that. Just by itself, that title is just so powerful. Working to observe resistance and maintain objectivity. A chapter that caught my attention was chapter one, be wherever you are. That one, it's really, I know it's chapter one, maybe that's why also, but I was looking at the other ones and that it kept going back to this one, be hmm. wherever you are, because it made sense again, it resonated, it's true. Yeah, just be yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really a, a great take on mindfulness, you know, I was like, just be wherever you are. And then the moment that you, you know, remember that you're forgotten, <laughs> Then you're already back. <laughs> yes, true. It's it's interesting, like the title of your book and all the chapters and just the title, the titles by themselves, they already carried this powerful message of living life in truth. It's incredible and in love. Chapter five, be with love. I mean, just reading that, it just opens the heart. It's oh, incredible. Oh, makes me so happy because it's really, you know, I mean, every chapter is about being, you know, this whole book is, is really, you know, we talked about that dance between being and doing, we got the doing down, it's the being that's the hardest. And that's where acceptance, you know, the, the path of acceptance lies is in the being, um, you know, I mean, a lot of people try to accept through the action. You know, it's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And do, do, and and yes, I, I agree. There has to be some action taken at times around certain issues and such. There also is a time for being and slowing down to notice, you know, all of these different chapters. And, um, and you know, I mean, even each chapter has a certain energy that you're looking into. Um, and learning about within yourself. It's kind of fun, isn't it? This work of healing, because it's one step at a time, one light at a time. seems like it's almost like this path with lots of light bulbs, but they don't light up at once. It's mm-hmm. just one at a time as we walk forward. As oh, we I take love that metaphor. Step. It's so true. As we walk forward into a, the dark at times. Mm, yeah, it's like see, the light they, doesn't happen until we take steps to in in pure darkness at times it's that's just been my experience and and then i'm like oh okay but back to your point trust it's hard to take a step in the darkness without any kind of trust you have to know that your foot is going to plant in front of you i know you speak of god and you use the word god throughout the book Mm -hmm. that's what the you trust in god in my case i use the word life is just a word uh, you're right. We're just using different words. 
Yeah. And I use a lot of interchangeable, like divine and universe. And I mean, I just want everyone to, because there's so many people that have such a negative connotation with the word God. (laughs) It's like, oh, no, it's like some patriarch, you know, guy with a gavel and beard. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, true. Uh, That affects us in a way, right? That's interesting. Words, that's how powerful some words, they become almost... They become obstacles to healing. I notice that. If I use certain words, I cannot move forward. I get stuck. I feel stuck. Um, like, you know, like if there's a word that like resonates wrong or like comes off weird or, or is interpreted in a different way and then, you know, misinterpretation of the whole statement, then it, you know, it throws our trust. It's like, well, I can't trust this or I, you know, something doesn't feel right and I don't know what. Uh, you know, so I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's easy to go there. The mind, right, creates so many <laughs> ideas around traumas. And uh, I mean, well, trauma creates that, really. It seems like it's the other way around. Trauma creates ideas and concepts. Well, and every person, one person's trauma is not necessarily another person's trauma. Um, it, which is so interesting to me. You know, I've had a couple of experiences. I think I share in the book at one point about, you know, a trauma that I, you know, went through and and um, my friends were very impacted by it, but I wasn't. And it was just so interesting to, you know, but I laughed. It was as, as there was a moment and in, in, I won't go into the whole thing, um, but there was a moment that occurred that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like, ooh, I, I, still, I still think it had a lot to do with that, uh, you know, in that example anyway. So, yeah. The chapter five, be with love. You say, we grow with love and with love we grow. The pathway to love comes with beauty, compassion, courage, and kindness. That caught my attention because all these words, they resonate true. They just look, sound, sweet. <laughs> That's what it is. They taste very sweet. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> they feel really wonderful too when, when you're experiencing it. And and having those kinds of energies living in your body and living in your mind. Yeah, how wonderful. And I love the, uh, of course, the songs, the poems and the songs that you have in the book, throughout the book. And you also have the meditation. Some of them you have more than one. There's chapter nine. I love that one too. Be a compassionate friend to yourself. So that's a practice of self-love and cultivating compassion for self. And there you have three meditations. I'm like, wow, wow, we do need that. (laughs) The more the better (laughs) for (laughs) self-love. I was wondering why you had so many, because we do need that. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got to become our own best friend. It's it's imperative. I believe that it's 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 essential in this um, to create more peace in the world. We cannot have conflict with ourselves and and assume that you know peace can happen outside of ourselves. It, it just it won't occur in that way. Um, we need to be reminded of that. It's interesting how. We need reminders. It's a practice, isn't it, Lisa? Mm, it's a it's a total practice. It's a process, actually, a practice uh, uh, um, that that it creates a process. Through, I mean, because even letting it be, um, you know, people are like, "Well, why don't you just call it let it be? Like, why is it letting it be?" And I was like, "Well, because letting is a you know a constant active thing." And that we are constantly active. I mean, I can accept something at one point or tell myself I've accepted it and feel pretty good about it and then have a moment 
you know, I mean, Mother's Day has never been the, the greatest, you know, I mean, because, you know, never, we never did have kids, you know, at the same time, I totally understand that, you know, okay, I know my, I know my purpose now. I understand more about what, you know, what this life is meant to be. Um, and it's not, to, to rear a child. It's to help other, you know, mothers and their children and to be more of a mother, you know, a, a grandmother <laughs> to many. Um, and, um, to do, and, and I, I feel very, um, sound in that now, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I, I didn't realize that. Um, so it's a process. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting how listening to you and being a mother, yeah, I never became a mother myself as well, but I never really wanted. That's the difference, I guess. I wonder if I missed anything and then now I'm listening to you speaking. I mean, you wrote the book. It was inspired by the pain or that kind of challenge. So how wonderful to hear that uh, you found a different way of seeing life and accepted life as it is, because you are life. We are not apart from life. Sometimes we think that we're different, right, from life itself. Mm-hmm. Right, and we're just in conjunction with it and harmony. And the more harmony we can create, and that's actually, you know, because I got a couple of other things going on. I have a radio show, and that's called Relationships in Rhythm. It's all about harmony of relationships. Um, with self or others or earth or elements and continuing to understand how these ways that we are connecting with others uplifts us um, or does not uplift us um, and then making choices you know from an intentional place of what will uplift us and the world and all of our people loved ones community that's the work of a mother isn't it it, it really it is. To me. Yeah. Which, I'm a big know, I mean, mother. Working on that level with kids running around in the house uh, doesn't it, it does not equate. <laughs> That's that doesn't work. Um, and I've realized that over the years. I'm like, oh, there's no way I could do this work right now. There's no way this book would be published. Um, and so it's like, okay, you know, I surrender. Um, this is this is what it is. Um, I love the way you said us about listening. So that's listening deeper, kind of listening to life and um, resting within the true silence that speaks very loud, actually, (laughs) which is the truth about our lives and the purposes. How amazing. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being here. Thank you so much, Valeria. It's beautiful being on the show. Your your work in the world is absolutely wonderful. And I love all this uplift of these beautiful women and getting these emails and seeing all these beautiful women and all the, the love they're spreading and creating in the world. It's just wonderful you're showcasing them as you are. Thank you. Thank you for the encouragement. You people are just amazing. And I do love working with women. There's something, I mean, I work with men too. Healers, most of them are. There's something about the feminine energy. It's just incredibly nurturing. Yeah. Well, the Dalai Lama said that Western women are going to save the world. Ah, he did. I didn't know that. <laughs> Good to know. I, I mean, that, that has been, that is that very much resonated with me mm. when he said that. So working on it. Right, right. What can I say? (laughs) What can I say um, without being biased? So let's see. I have to mention that I love to part two in your book, Letting Oneness Be. And then, of course, letting it be 
song. And I'm wondering if you can read that, recite or sing it before we end the conversation today, Lisa. Um, this is the Letting It Be poem at the end, also called the Kali song. Um, so if, if anyone is aware of um, Kali is a goddess, um, I believe she's an Indian goddess. And, um, you know, she will, she's pretty fierce. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I wrote this um, kind of thinking of her. Um, she cuts you from behind. You don't see it coming. The ego's in a bind. Life's not about running. We've got to stand to change. Just allow it to be. In the face of freedom, I'm going to dance right into the sea. Be, be, letting it be. Open your heart and see. Be, be, letting it be. Trust and surrender for peace. Show me the power. Show me the real me. Please show me how to run towards toward the fears inside of me. The fight is all done. Please show me the night. Bring at the stars out of darkness and walk right into the light. You've got to trust in the one you find within. You have to be there to glow within. You've got to step light into the light of power. Be the change that you see. Be the one who cares for you, and I will care for me. We choose what we know while thinking that's all we have, but I have you and you have me. Open your heart and see. Let it go, let it go. Let it go to be free. Cut it away, cut it away, cut it away to be free. Hold dear to all that you have. It could be cut away any day, but that's okay. We will find what we lose again someday. Thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing this beautiful wisdom. Universal, it's timeless. We need to not just know, but be reminded of these things, of this profound truth. Thank you again. Thank you so much for, for helping me remind others. And I really appreciate you, Valeria. So before we say goodbye today, where can we find more information about you, your work, your books, services, and future projects? You can check me out on my website at Dr. Lisa Templeton. So it's drlisatempleton.com. Wonderful. And I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. Thank you again. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Lisa. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about her books, music, radio show, meditations, and writings, please visit her at drlisatempleton.com and interpersonalhealing.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.